more Jim Root can hopefully help Jordan us find a, a few more places to lean, you know, besides Jordan Love for maybe MVP. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Three-man weave, the field of 68, Action Network. Let's just go big picture here first. Uh, we looked at this, the paths a little bit yesterday as, you know, the bracket came out, a little time to digest, a little more time. Which one seed do you think has the toughest path to a Final Four? I think overall it's got to be Kansas, given the strength of the entire region. Um, the initial path, I mean, I, I think Purdue got the toughest 8-9 matchup in the bracket. I think FAU and Memphis are both really, really good, and I'm having a terrible time figuring out who to bet in that game. Still going to probably go right up to the, the opening tip with that one before I figure it out. But that West region is loaded. Uh, you look at Ken Palmer, Bart Torfik in terms of the, the highly rated analytical teams. And, I mean, you could get Arkansas second round, a team with multiple first round NBA draft picks. UConn, a team that was number one early in the year in his top five in Ken Palmer. Like, it, it's just a brutal gauntlet for Kansas. And they have to go out west where uh, multiple teams in their region have played conference tournaments already. That would be Gonzaga and UCLA. It's just it, – it's tough for, for the Jayhawks, especially being the team that had the most Q1 wins in the country. They did not get a, a handsome reward for those accomplishments. Jim, who would you say is the trendy dog that you're just not – you're not buying into this weekend? Like we keep hearing about Oral Roberts. They opened at 7.5. That's down to 6.5. Vermont. Drake's down to 2 right now, which surprised me a little bit against Miami. Uh, which one do you just not see happening? The two I'm not in on it, and I don't know how quite how popular they are. I'm living in my own echo chamber. Maybe I haven't seen exactly yeah. how popular, but VCU and Charleston, the two 12 seeds, I'm I'm not really uh, seeing seeing the upset there. I think Charleston got a really bad matchup with a hyper physical team, awesome defensive squad. I get the Charleston's probably going to get three point shots up, but they haven't been hitting them this year. So you really need them to be hot. Normally with a dog, I want something else in their favor. I don't want to just be reliant on a, a middling three-point shooting team to figure it out. And then with the VCU-St. Mary's thing, I think a lot of people are jumping on VCU with the Gales flying all the way across the country, having an early start. But it, it is a Friday game. They've got more time to get over there, get used to the time zone. I'm less worried about that. It's a hyper well-coached team, super disciplined. Uh, and the Gales take care of the ball. And they've had a little bit of problems with like intense pressure late in games. And VCU is going to throw a lot of that at them. But I just trust the Gales to take care of business there in kind of a monotonous fashion against a, a VCU team that's coming out of a really, really bad A-10. So yeah. even though they're hot, it's not that impressive. Now, I'm glad you went there, actually. I just bet St. Mary's today, and I really like St. Mary's. What do you think their ceiling is? Do you think maybe they could get into the second weekend into the Sweet 16? I mean, I just I hate this draw for them, but uh, I really like the team. Yeah, draws draws the part that scares me. UConn's just such a juggernaut and can match and exceed their size in the paint. St. Mary's can probably tease UConn into taking some really bad shots. UConn is prone to doing that sometimes in the half court, living in the mid-range, not getting all the way to the rim. And maybe St. Mary's gets some help from Rick Pitino. You could see the Iona Gales taking them out in the first round in a rather big upset. But, I mean, Dan Hurley versus Rick Pitino, I'd, I'd certainly tilt that uh, towards... Mr. Patino, he's he's accomplished quite a bit more, especially in the NCAA tournament. St. Mary's, the, the athleticism limitations are going to be there. We saw those against Gonzaga in the WCC final. So I'm not sure how much farther they can get than Sweet 16 Elite Eight, but uh, it, they play so smart and they play so disciplined that the, the floor seems pretty high for me too. Uh, we have the conversation every year. We've kind of dabbled in some of these teams a little bit. You mentioned Charleston and you're not in on that. 32 of the last 37 tournaments, a 12 over a 5. It's always the conversation. 
what team or teams do you think has the best shot at pulling that 12-5 upset? Yeah, it's, it's a vanilla answer, but I, I, I got to say Drake. I know the spread's only like two, two and a half, so it's not going really out on a limb here, but I, I just think it makes sense. It's a hyper-experienced team with size, shooting, a true star in, in the son of the, uh, the the coach, Tucker DeVries. And Miami, it's, it's a little bit limited right now. If Norchad O'Meara's not in there, they're bad up front. Like, they've got real issues. Uh, the, the big man for... Uh, for Drake, Brody could have a big game against that front line. Last year, I thought Miami got a great draw going against teams that didn't really have strong guards. This year, they got a super tough draw going against a veteran team with a lot of guards that have played a ton of college games. So I think Drake's my, my prime candidate there, followed by Oral Roberts, even though that spread is a little wider than uh, St. Mary's or, or San Diego State. Yeah, I hate all the matchups for all the teams that I had circled. Like all the Cinderella teams or, you know, like all the mid-major teams I feel like just got absolutely screwed again this year. What do you think? I mean, the West is absolutely crazy. So, I mean, like you said, Kansas got hosed a little bit there. What um, what are your thoughts on UCLA now without Jalen Clark, who today was named a Defensive Player of the Year finalist? He's not going to be around, obviously. They're the two seed. You think UCLA can make a run or, or who do you like coming out there? I still do think UCLA can. They, they're going to play games in the mud, half court. Their defense is fantastic, even without Clark. Uh, it sounds like Adem Bona is going to be good to go. They're big man. He's been, like, arguably their second best defender all year, so they need him in there. And if he's there, that, that certainly helps. I'm not super scared of their 7-10 draw, which definitely helps. Northwestern, Boise State are just kind of shrug. Okay defensive teams, but such limited offensive upside that I'm not too worried about them. Then you get the Gonzaga-TCU potential matchup in the Sweet 16. I really like both those squads. TCU, I, I picked to the Final Four since the preseason. I rode through it all through the year. Now they end up in, in a really difficult region. So I'm basically going back and forth between taking TCU, the sixth seed, making that Cinderella run kind of to the, to the Final Four, or sticking with UCLA despite the loss of Clark. And you know, I reserve the right to, to change this uh, at some point. But right now I'm sitting on TCU. But I definitely think UCLA can get there. Talking to Jim Root, BetMGM tonight. Uh, when you watched Alabama in the SEC tournament, I mean, there was a point for a while where, I mean, let's be honest, there was a distraction, multiple distractions off the court with this team and the Brandon Miller situation. And once that news was announced and Brandon Miller's name was, was certainly put out there in the, the reports, the team played differently but it felt like they flipped a switch in the SEC tournament. Do you think, and again, we can only look at this team and go by what we've seen recently, but do you think that they've now put that behind them and, and kind of tossed that distraction aside, or could it still be an issue in the tournament? I could see it still being an issue. I, I do agree with you. They looked like they had their mojo back, yeah. playing a lot more free, open. It's a team that loves to get up and down, but also has an elite defense. And we saw pretty much all of that on display in Nashville. But as you get further in the tournament, you get more of the media opportunities. You get a lot more questions about it from people. Like if they get to the final four, it's going to be nonstop. And there's these, you know, solo rooms where it's just a player getting interviewed. There's not a media rep with them from the school. And they're going to have to answer a lot of these questions or find a way to just kind of brush them off. And it still could be a little bit of distraction. It's a young team that does play a lot of freshmen, even outside of Miller. So I, I do think they got past it on the court, but it could pop up again as they get further and further into the big dance. What do you do with Houston right now? I mean, I still like them to at least get to the Sweet 16, even if Sasser's not back. But, I mean, how do you 
Do you take them to the Final Four or keep advancing them in your bracket until you get the news, like if he's going to be available or not? I, I love Houston. I, I'm, I'm sort of convinced he's going to be able to play. He's had a bunch of little knocks all season, and it felt like, you know, he went through warm-ups against, or against uh, Memphis. Seemed like he could have maybe played... I don't know what they'll do with him in the first game. I don't necessarily think they need him against Northern Kentucky because they're just going to dominate the offensive glass. But the defensive ceiling, or excuse me, the defensive floor is so high for them because of how well they challenge jumpers. And the offense is always saved by the offensive glass. So I, I think I'm still going to ride with them. And by the time they desperately need Sasser, I think he'll be back to full health. So I'm, I'm still very in on Houston. A little, a little spoiler, they are my title pick still, have been since the preseason not going to let a little uh, tender groin knock me off that one. And listen, in any uh, in any year, this could be the year where you just say, let's just settle with the team that may be the most complete team in college basketball with all of the chaos that we've had. Uh, Duke's been a part of that chaos, too, and it felt like they're kind of with almost a similar narrative where North Carolina was last year. Obviously not the same team by any stretch, but really coming on and getting hot at the end of the season. Uh, I know one of the big things, obviously, they're healthy. 17-1 and one when you actually have your full lineup out there, but from what you've seen from Duke and then winning the ACC title, they're a five seed right now. You certainly didn't take them as the five seed most likely to get upset. Uh, what do you think the ceiling is for this Duke team in the tournament? It's it's high. I, I think they could go to the Final Four because I don't believe a whole ton in their region. I think, to me, in my opinion, Purdue is the weakest one seed because of their guard play and because they're so reliant on a big man. Kansas State's the weakest three seed by pretty much every analytical measure you look at very reliant on two guys that maybe becomes a little easier to scheme out when you get to the postseason and, and you're really hyper tuning your game plan for one team I still believe in Marquette but you can have fair defensive questions about them whether it's going to show up consistently like it did down the stretch of the year and into the Big East tournament and then Tennessee's got injury issues too so you can kind of back all the way into Duke being a real final four threat and, and like you said they've been awesome when they're healthy but I'm going to pump the brakes a little because that ACC tournament run was against shorthanded Miami, who lost O'Meara right away, shorthanded Virginia, who was up without Ben Vanderplas and just cannot score. It's a really bad offensive team, one that uh, I also think is really on upset alert in the first round against Furman. So there's asterisks around how well Duke is playing right now, but the upside is there, the talent is there, the guys they brought in in the offseason, both steady veterans and high upside freshmen, seem to be delivering on their roles. Roach is healthy. They can make a run, but I also think they, they've got a really high variance game in the first round against Oral Roberts because of how many threes the underdog will take. If they get by that one, I like them to make a run. What are your thoughts on um, Creighton? Because I look at the South, you know, in every bracket I fill out, it's so chalky. It's Alabama and Arizona, you know, obviously meeting. But what are your thoughts on Creighton as a six seed or even like San Diego State or Virginia in this one? I, I can't get back. I mean, I don't like Virginia, but I'm just looking at the South and uh, trying to make the case for any other team. Yeah, I, I, I have Bama coming out of it, but I have Creighton in the Elite Eight. I, I think they can make that run. Baylor's a very vulnerable team, not a great defensive squad at all. We've seen those that kind of archetype of a team really crash out fairly consistently in the, in the tournament, like all the Elite Iowa teams. You go back to last year's Purdue team. I know they made the Sweet 16, but they lost to a, a 15 seed. That wasn't great. So you need a defense to, to rely on when the shots aren't falling, and that's, that's just not something Baylor has. Then Arizona is banged up right now, so that could be a potential upset there. Umar Ballo playing through the broken left hand seems like he's going to be fine, but 
it's still a broken hand. And then Kirk Kreese has got the shoulder thing that, that's limiting him a, a little bit too. And if you keep Arizona out of transition, they're a lot more vulnerable. And if you remember these two played back in Maui, the, the title game, it was you know, mostly controlled by Arizona. I think they were up by like eight to 10 most of the second half, but it did end up a two point game. It got close. And I think Creighton could get a little bit of revenge there given that they're closer to full health right now and, and Arizona's a more limited version of themselves. Got about two minutes left here, Jim, talking to Jim Root, BetMGM tonight. Uh, Penn State, great three-point shooting team. Uh, I feel like they've got a high ceiling tested in the Big Ten. I mean, they're a 10 seed. Could this be one of those teams that has a chance to at least, I don't know, Sweet 16, even if we're crazy, Elite Eight? Yeah, the very high variance because of how many threes they shoot and how good they are at, at shooting those threes. Like, you could argue they're the best three-point shooting team in the country when you combine volume and efficiency. And now they're playing Texas A&M, who's been in the SEC where basically nobody can shoot. It's the worst conference in the country based on just total three-point percentage. And Texas A&M plays so compact. They give up a ton of them. So I love that matchup for Penn State in the first round. Then you go to Texas, that maybe is, is a little dicier with how the Longhorns are playing right now. I mean, they just ran through the Big 12 tournament. Super impressive what they did there. But if Penn State's hot, if they're making 13 to 26 from three, which is like entirely within reason for that team, they've got a chance. I mean, they just won three in three days at the Big Ten tournament, came up just short in the title game. It, it's entirely possible Penn State makes the run because of the way they play, and their coaches is brilliant. Mike, Micah Shrewsbury is kind of like a rising star in the coaching ranks, I think. Uh, Jim, we only got about like 45 seconds. Your favorite bet uh, for the opening round or your favorite future? Uh, what do you like the best? Favorite bet's probably Houston, first round. Sasser or not, I mean, maybe you wait, and if Sasser's out, you get a better number. But Northern Kentucky plays this kind of funky amoeba matchup zone that loses track of, of big men and rebounds constantly. And Houston is just going to destroy them there. And then the other end, I think NKU struggles to get good shots against this Houston team that challenges jumpers as well as probably anybody in the entire country. Houston is great as a big favorite in these spots. They smashed Cleveland State two years ago as a two-seed, as a big favorite. I think they do the same thing to NKU here, another team out of the horizon. I love that matchup for the Cougars. He's Jim Root, three-man weave. Always appreciate the time. I know you're busy. This is this is your Super Bowl, so we're, we're looking forward to it probably almost as much as you. <laughs> it's great. I can't wait. Give me the Thursday. <laughs>